Welcome to Rivers in the Desert International, a revival ministry dedicated to bringing the living waters of God's love to a hurting and dying world. It is our desire as you listen to the following message that the Holy Spirit will fill you afresh and that you would be ignited into a fervency for Jesus. This is the day to be filled with the knowledge of His glory as the waters cover the sea. God is doing something new on planet Earth today, and you and I have the great privilege to be a part of it. We love you. Be blessed. Father dropped a word in my spirit on the way to church tonight, and uh, it's one of those filet mignons. This morning we talked about the wisdom of God, frolicking and playing in His presence. Hallelujah. And when you get to that point that you love God so much that you delight in Him to the extent that He delights in you. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And I believe it's the desire of every person here to be debt-free. To be free from the financial system of this world. And the Word of God is very explicit in this area. It's interesting that wisdom is talking in Proverbs 8 and says... Counsel is mine, sound wisdom. I am understanding, power is mine. By me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule nobles, all who judge rightly. I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. And when you find that place, it says riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even pure gold. My yield and choice is silver. I walk in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice to endow those who love me, those who delight in me, with wealth that I may fill their treasuries. After intensive study in the Hebrew about the word wealth, it should read like this, wealth. Buku de Nero. The Lord wants to endow his people with the wealth of this world. And I just felt the love of God tonight. We're going to blow the shofar for Jubilee. And you know, i just tell you how this happened to me. Um, I was traveling around many churches the first year of our ministry. And this is all about celebration tonight. This is just, we're just taking a little side trail to get, see where it leads us in the forest of God. Hallelujah. See what secret springs of His presence we can find. So just kick back for a while. We're not in a hurry. I was traveling, and I was seeing the Lord heal people's bodies, and marriages restored, and it's wonderful, you know, salvations and healings. And I said, Lord, I want you to heal people's wallets, too. <laughs> and so I started studying about Jubilee. 
Hosea chapter 2. I'm just going to skim along some scriptures. Hallelujah. Look at this. Hosea 2 and verse 8. For Israel did not know that it was I who gave her the grain, the new wine, and the oil. And I lavished upon her, I lavished upon her silver and gold. But they used it for Baal, Baal. The Lord wants to endow us with the treasures of Egypt. But the Lord is really waiting on us to get our hearts right about finances. Because if He can trust us in little, He can trust us with much. And I believe the number one key that's keeping the, the glory of God from just appearing in an incredible basis is our hearts about finances. Because when the glory comes, the gold comes with it. The Hebrew word for the glory of God and to be weighted down with the gold and silver is the same Hebrew word in Hosea. So if the gold and silver comes, because the glory comes, but we're not ready for it, and we backslide, and we start not coming to church as much, we start taking Caribbean cruises, and we start doing all these other things, hello. Well, God ain't going to send the full manifestation of His glory. Hello. How many people have been tithing for a while, but you haven't seen the beef yet? I mean, God's been providing for you, right? But you haven't seen the overflow yet. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. Let's just take a little tour here. Because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And faith begins where the will of God is known. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And verse 2, you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether he would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with man which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but by man lives by every word or rhema that proceeds from the mouth of God. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your feet swell these 40 years. Thus you did know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. We talked about Abba Father this morning. Verse 6, Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of waters, of fountains and springs flowing forth in valleys and hills, land of wheat and barley, vines, fig trees, pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you shall eat food without scarcity, in which you shall not lack anything, not lack anything, not lack anything, not lack anything. Verse 10, when you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Flashing lights, beware, lest you forget the Lord your God. Well, why not? I'll not forget the Lord. 
Remember we talked about yesterday. We have to go allow the Lord to put our hearts through the wind tunnel to test if there's any stress fractures anywhere. Because I think the greatest hindrance to walking with Jesus is not poverty. I think it's having abundance. In our culture, you can't feed your kids, man. You're seeking God, I guarantee it. But if you have a bunch, don't think. Many good men and women have fallen because of the love of money. I remember Jesus appeared to Kenneth Hagin and told him, be careful, be very careful about money. Because many of my servants whom I placed my anointing have become money-minded and have lost the anointing. Let's read on here. Verse 12. Lest when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built good homes and lived in them, when your herds and your flocks multiply, verse 13, and your silver and gold multiplies, and all that you have multiplies, then your heart becomes proud and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt in the house of slavery. My goodness. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there is no water. He brought water for you out of the rock of flint. In the wilderness he led you, he fed you with manna which your fathers did not know. That he might humble you and he might test you to do good for you in the end. To do good for you in the end. Just count it all joy. It doesn't matter what you're going through tonight, you need to count it all joy. Because you're not going to die. You just need to suck in your gut, shake off the dust, hallelujah, start rejoicing, count it all joy, and saying, Lord, I just receive your testings. I allow the board of education to continue to hit the seat of learning. God doesn't test with car wrecks and death. Come on, it's sickness. He allows us to go. Listen, if you don't listen to the little gentle witness inside your heart, then God will allow you to go through circumstances to purge that thing out of you. That he might humble you to good, do good for you in the end. Otherwise, you may say in your heart, my power, my strength, my education, whatever, has made me this wealth. Who is the charta et Adonai Elohecha, who notain koach, La sot chayel, aman brito nishbab otechem hazeh hayom. Oh, it's so powerful in Hebrew, I tell you. For you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He giving you the power to make wealth. I know I'm from a Jewish family, folks. That covenant's still kicking in. But most of my family, people I know, man, they're just skidded off into just. And God we trust, the dollar bill. And we are destined to provoke the Jews to jealousy. How? By the same glory of God that was in the temple to be here. And number two, by the gold. I think, you know, I was, I've always been believing God for you, know, like signs and wonders and, and all these powerful things, the dead being raised. But lately the Lord spoke to me. He said, one of the greatest signs and wonders in our culture is financial miracles. He's given you the power to make wealth that he may establish his covenant. 
Now, people here say, well, that's Old Testament. Is that really God's will? You know, when I got, first got saved, um, I went to a Pentecostal church in Missouri, and I heard the, the people, the Sunday school teachers say, well, God just wants us just to have enough. And there's old-time Pentecostals there say, well, we just, you know, money's the root of all evil. No, not money is. The love of it is. Amen? You got to be careful about that. Lord, just give me, you know, just enough for us four and no more. And then in the next year, I went to Tulsa, and then I heard good teaching, but I also heard extremes. You know, you know everybody should have a Cadillac Cruiser condominium. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what do I need a Rolls Royce for in New Orleans? Give me a break. It gets scratched. I mean, I'm just content with just a simple little suit here. What do I need a $3,000 suit for? All I do is roll around the floor in church now. Ah! <laughs> so we can't throw the baby with the bathwater off because of some people that just go off. Look at Proverbs chapter 30 now. Proverbs, see, we're, we're, what we're doing right now is we're, we're loading into your belly liquid hydrogen for the, for the launch off. Countdown, 10 minutes. Proverbs 30 and verse 7. Two things I've asked of thee do not... Do not refuse me before I die. Now, I've heard a lot of religious prayers like this. Okay, look at this in this. Proverbs 30, verse 7. Two things I've asked of thee, do not refuse me before I die. Keep deception and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion. You hear that? Give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me the middle line. Lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be in want and steal and profane the name of my God. And I thought for many years, man, that's a, that's a scriptural prayer. Well, folks, it's not scriptural when you read other scriptures. You've got to find out who's talking. Let's see who's talking. Verse 2. This is Ithiel. And Ithiel, verse 2, says, Surely I am more stupid than any man. <laughs> this is a prayer of stupidity, okay? Ha, <laughs> I do not have the understanding of a man, neither have I learned wisdom, when we talk about this morning, nor do I have the knowledge of the Holy One. And this word knowledge is da'at. It means intimate knowledge. It's not information. It's intimacy. So this is a prayer of a stupid guy who has never entered in and really got to know the Lord. He's a backslider. Lukewarm. And if I was like him, I didn't have an intimate knowledge of God, I wouldn't pray for riches, but I'd go spend it everywhere. And I wouldn't, you know, hey, listen, come on now. So I ain't going to pray this prayer because I'm not backslidden. See, right now, faith is beginning in people's hearts. Faith begins when the will of God is known. It is not God's will for you just to have middle line approach. Jesus already bore our poverty, sickness, and disease, amen, and spiritual death. He became poor that we might become rich, fully supplied. So we see here that God's word wants us to have an abundance. 
Now, let's get the right focus about finances tonight. How many people here, oh, hallelujah. Well, let's just say that for a second. Look at Psalms 112. No, no, no. Oh, hey, stop. 2 Corinthians 9 first. I think it's a little, little better rabbit trail. 2 Corinthians 9 first, okay? It's awesome stuff, folks, I tell you. Once you know the truth, the truth will set you free. You know, my heart, listen, there's such a love in my heart tonight for people here that I know there's people here that come off the streets and they have no other way to make a living. Or perhaps you've been a criminal. Or maybe you're on welfare. I don't know. And you need a miracle to set you going. Come on. This is your night. I believe Psalms, um, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 9 is a powerful chapter. Let's read that. Paul's talking about finances in verse 6. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Let each one do just as he's purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Unwilling to abandon or do without, a prompt. (laughs) A prompt to do it giver, a joyous giver whose heart is, is in his giving. I believe that's the Amplified says that. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written. I love when it says that, as it is written. Those are rabbit trails, folks. Those are gator trails you need to follow. Hallelujah. As it is written, he scattered abroad. He gave to the poor. His righteousness abides forever. Ooh, that's, he's quoting from Psalms 112. Let's look, look why he's quoting from there about finances. Turn to it real quick. Psalms 112. I believe Psalms 112, if I die before Jesus comes, I told my wife, just put it on our, our, our tombstone next to each other. Psalms 112. I believe Psalms 112 is the capstone chapter for any righteous man or woman of God. You ready for it? It first says, Hallelujah! I have an exclamation point after hallelujah here in my translation. Just being literal, okay? I just love it. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house. Hon va'osher v'beto in Hebrew. It means buku dinero, folks. Wealth and riches. Daily stops by Wells Fargo armored cars have to come to his house. The banks are saved. Send your money somewhere else. It's too much. Alan Greenspan calls you up for ideas of how to take care of the... 
the Federal Reserve. <laughs> now, why is wealth and riches in this person's house? Well, number one, it says he, how blessed is the man or how envious, how happy is the man who fears the Lord. You know what the fear of the Lord is? It's not to be scared of something. The fear of the Lord, Proverbs 8, says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And pride and arrogance in the forward mouth, I hate. People that fear the Lord, that hate evil, will be filled with great joy. I believe, you know, it's not this holy, you know. I mean, just this. That's not the fear and reverence of God. To fear God is rejoice and be full of joy. Because when you hate sin and you love righteousness, God will give you more joy than your brother's. Okay, so you fear the Lord, you hate evil, you be careful what you say, and you greatly delight in His commandments. Listen, folks, this is exciting here, because I used to have to keep 613 of those things. And Jesus whittled it down to two now. Love God of all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Hallelujah. And we're getting close to doing that. I'm telling you, folks, I'm learning how to love Him from the deepest seat of my emotion. <laughs> I just... And number two, to love your neighbor as yourself. It's the cross. He loves us, we love him. And when he loves us and we love him, it provokes love and we can love one another. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I tell you, this joy is, is the easiest thing to walk in love toward people. You just laugh, hallelujah, and just love people. Just roll around the floor with them. Glory to God. You know what's so powerful about this anointing of joy is that it just pulls all the rocks and broken glass out of your heart. I was in a service in Connecticut, and the Holy Ghost told me to stand up and apologize publicly for my attitude toward my eighth grade math teacher. <laughs> just call up all these people and just ask them to forgive me. That's awesome, man. I'm just free. Glory to God. You know, while we repent, when we're under this joy, we're changing. Amen? We're forgiving people, we're releasing people. It's so wonderful. You know, the Lord's drilling in our hearts, and we don't even know it. He's filling us full of Novocaine, laughing gas. Okay, so this person, this man or woman, who fears the Lord, hates evil, pride, arrogance. Come on now. Who greatly delights in what commandment? The commandment of love. Something will begin to happen in your life. Number one, your descendants will be mighty in the earth. How many people want their kids to be mighty in the earth? The generation of upright will be blessed. This is an awesome principle, folks. I'm telling you. Awesome. It's gibor ba'aretz. It's, it's mighty, stately, powerful in the earth. I read a, a story once. A preacher did a, a study on, I believe it was Jonathan Edwards or George Whitfield. can't remember which one, one of the great awakening preachers. And then took a, a real, uh, a, another family that was in prison all the time, bank robbers and, you know, just a you know, just real criminal element. And showed their family tree generations afterwards. And it showed this one person, as the Lord, you know, he visits the sins of the fathers to four generations. Not the Lord does it, but his law does. His law goes in action, just like the law of gravity goes in action. 
God set laws on the earth. And he visits the obedience to a thousand generations. And so it showed this criminal family. It showed his family line. And it showed all these people that were, you know, like, they were just like, you know, just criminals. And then it showed Jonathan Edwards or Whitfield's family tree, and it showed senators and doctors and lawyers and other preachers and just men and women of renown. If you want to, you want to be a blessing to your kids, obey God today. Pull out the compromise. Skin the little foxes. Tie their tails together and light them on fire and send them back into the devil's fields. Hallelujah. telling you folks you better be careful what you watch on tv too that area of compromise not, you know it'll filter down to your kids i'm telling you you know i came out of an unbelieving blasphemous family folks and when i went out to old roberts university all these preachers kids were there and man they were like light years ahead of me in every area they're just blessed most of them didn't know it, but they were blessed, I'm telling you. They're like children of the light. I mean, I, they're, you know, they're, they're just more intelligent. They're just quicker. They're just better in every area. Why? Because the blessings of God. It's the same thing with the Jewish people. They hung around the glory. They got the glory in their genes, their DNA now. And then whatever they do, they just turns the gold. Why? Because of the covenant. We're learning to catch up and understand these things. Amen. So we start fearing God, hating evil, pride, arrogancy. We start walking in love. Our children are totally blessed. And number three, wealth and riches come into our house. Light arises in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, compassionate, and righteous as well the man who is gracious and lends. Look at verse 7. He'll not fear <coughs> Wall Street Journal, evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is upheld. He'll not fear and he looks with satisfaction at his adversaries. Verse 9. Look at this, folks. He has given freely to the poor. How can you give freely to the poor unless you have wealth and riches? I believe it is the Lord's will that the church take over the welfare system in America. And they'll come here for the grain, like they did to Joseph, they'll come here and we'll be able to witness to them, lead them to the Lord and love on them. Do a much better job than United Way or any other agency. Back to 2 Corinthians 9. Hang in there, folks. Verse 8 again, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good work. God's will is not lack. God's will is not sufficiency. God's will is an abundance. My lovely wife, she needs $20 of groceries one day, and she only has $15. That is lack. If she has $20 and she needs $20 of groceries, that is sufficiency. But if she has $200, glory to God, and all she needs is $20 of diapers, hallelujah, that is an abundance. And she can go down the straw and go, oh, I know some people need some more diapers. Oh, do, 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 do. Come to church and bless people. There's an abundance. 
How many people, before we go any further here, love God? I mean, you really love God. I mean, oh, it just gets inside of you. You can't stop praising him. You know, the musicians are just cranking out worship, you know. And, and we're worshiping, we're drenched in sweat, we're dancing. And, and you know, we need to catch a little breather. And then after 15 minutes, you go, let's do it again. And you begin to find yourself, when you leave church, you're addicted. You've got to put in a CD. You've got to have a Walkman on. You just can't stop praising him. You just can't stop praising him. You can't stop praising him. You go to sleep, lift the word on. You wake up in the morning with a song on your heart. And you find out that 24 hours a day is not enough to praise him because you love him so much. I have found a way to get more people to praise God. How many people here want to get more people to praise God? Number two, how many people here want to have prayer warriors praying for you all the time? I mean, constantly they're yearning for you. I found a way. Let's read on. Verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Whew, there's a wave coming right now, folks. <laughs> you know, it feels like I'm about to be hit by a two-ton teddy bear, you know? <laughs> Verse 11, you'll be enriched in everything for all liberality. Which through us is producing thanksgivings to God. Ooh, thanksgivings. For the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of his saints, but is overflowing, overflowing, overflowing with many, many, many thanksgivings to God. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they'll glorify God for your obedience to confession of the gospel of Messiah and for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all. Well, they also, by prayer on your behalf, yearn for you because of the surpassing, surpassing grace of God in you. Okay, folks, we got, i got to tell you how to do this. Let's put it in Cajun language. Hallelujah, okay? Let me just use some of the examples. Hallelujah. I use the, our dear sister here, okay? What's your name? Terry. Terry. Bless you, Terry. Okay. I just get saved, okay? I love Jesus. I mean, I just can't stop praising him. I've been forgiven much. I love much. Amen. I'm just been a real derelict on the streets, you know, ripping everybody off. And I find out the Bible says, quit stealing and start working. Amen? And so the pastor tells me, Scott, you need to get a job. And, you know, I don't have much education, so I decided to get a job, an entry-level position at Burger King. Okay? Amen? Come on. And I just go to Burger King every day. Glory to God. And I'm on the fry line. I'm making fries. Hallelujah. And I'm praising God, hallelujah. And I'm being faithful, glory to God. And my little paycheck that comes in, hallelujah. I'm praising God, and I'm just giving tithes. And whatever else, I'm looking for ways to bless people. The same time I'm loving, I'm fearing God. I'm humbling myself. Same time I'm learning how to walk in love, love God with all of my heart, and love other people. 
And as God tests me through a season of time, Deuteronomy 8, I eventually start to get promoted. After a couple of years, suddenly I'm an assistant manager. The owner loves me. He says, you're always on time. You always stay overtime. You don't even ask for overtime pay. I mean, you're just, a, you're just a blessing to be with. You don't walk away with pins, you know, and, and, you know, and you don't rip me off at all. See, listen, if you don't have a job, I believe in the Joseph principle. Listen, I'm telling you, folks, I believe in the Joseph principle. That you put your hand to something, I think eventually you'll own it. So I'm just being faithful, okay? I graduate now to making, you know, I'm an assistant manager. Hallelujah. I'm in charge of all the drive-in orders. And I'm just blessing people, you know, and working hard. Not witnessing, witnessing at work. I'm witnessing at break time, you know. Just, just hard worker. A good Protestant work ethic. Amen? And God sees my faithfulness that he can trust me. Because he who's faithful in little is faithful in much. And it starts to increase me. And in five years now, guess what happens? I own the stinking franchise. Woo! Joseph principle. Amen, Pastor? And so I'm, you know, I'm driving down the road in my pickup truck. I'm just loving God, loving people, helping people in the way I can. Just faithful at church. I just praising God. Oh, hallelujah. You know the feeling, don't you? And I'm driving down the road, and I see my sister, and, 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 and she's, she's going on the, on the expressway, coming to church here. And I notice out of the back of her car is coming a blue cloud of glory. And suddenly, because I've been walking in the commandments of love, fearing the Lord, amen, being faithful at work, the Lord drops in my heart, buy Terry a new car. And so what I do is I send her a money order in the mail, no, no return address. She goes to her mail, Jesus, you know that car, I just need a new one. Opens up the mail, oh, what's this? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Amen. I mean, woo, hallelujah, what's happening? More praise to God. I'm getting people to praise God more now, hallelujah. More aromas going up to the throne. She tells everybody what's happened. She comes to church and testifies. Everybody here knows, and they start worshiping God. Suddenly, woo, mega praise to God. All the people worshiping God now. More incense to Papa, hallelujah. She tells all of her unsaved relatives. They freak out. It's an instant testimony. Hallelujah. She goes to the dealership. She picks out a car. She got $35,000 cash. She goes to, the, goes to the dealership. Glory to God. I want that one. The leather seating and the sunroof. I want to stick my hands to the sunroof and praise God. I want surround sound. I want a CD player. Multiple disc changer. Because by this time, this church has put out 10 different River albums. Hallelujah. Oh. Every time she gets in that car, I'm telling you, every time she gets in that car, you know what she does? She sits down and goes, thank you, Jesus. 
<laughs> you're so good. You're so good. You came at my moment of need. More praise going to God. She stopped at a stoplight, and she just worshiping God. <clears throat> People, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was green. I'm just praising God. She comes to now to say that her brother, her brother is my bookkeeper, okay, for the business, okay? And he finds out that there's $35,000 given, in, in, you know, to a charity type thing. And he puts one plus one together and finds out that I gave it to her, okay? What happens now? She runs and says, oh, Brother Scott, thank you so much. I love you. I love you. And now she's totally connected to us. Every time she thinks of us, her heart yearns for me. Bless Brother Scott, wherever Scott is, whether it's with the penguins or the polar bears or wherever he's at, just bless him, Lord. Bless him, Lord. Come on, amen. Doesn't your heart yearn for somebody that's given you your time of need? Doesn't matter what anybody says, you still love them. <clears throat> so now I have all these praisers in my downline. I got more people praising Abba. I got intercessors now. Hallelujah. And that, and plus we're meeting the needs of the saints. And guess what? This is God's will for money. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now is that a balanced view or what? Whew, I feel the anointing there. I can't fall down yet. Got to see a little sober here to finish preaching. If I'm besides myself, it's for Jesus. I've got to be sober. It's for you. But I'll be on the floor very soon. Listen, folks. I love you guys, man. I love you so much. I've studied this out. And I just really believe this is God's perfect will about finances. It's not about what we can get. It's about what we can give to bring more praise to him. And the blessings will come in. You understand it now. I haven't reached that point yet to be able to buy somebody a car. But I'm getting there. I'm telling you, I'm getting there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whew. Does that change your thinking now? Does that, you know. Praise the Lord. If your faith will connect into that, that you want to praise God and you want to bless the people, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift, verse 15. You know what? God will start trusting you with money. He'll start giving you a little more seed here, a little more seed there. Hallelujah. So I have to teach this first before we even blow the shofar for Jubilee. Because a lot of people, you know, they want Jubilee, you know, to spend on themselves. I want to get off that treadmill, that hamster wheel, you know. Let's kick into a level of abundance. Amen? Amen. Leviticus 25. <laughs> you all catching it? You know, some of these TV preachers are saying, you know, we're going off there today unless you give. 
You must want to say, just write him a letter and say, well, you give to me, you won't go off the air. Why don't you give me an offering instead of always asking for something? We got it all backwards, man. I mean, my heart breaks at times because, you know, you know I'm reaping the harvest today of what I sowed, you know, you know, years ago. But I'm changing that. Hallelujah. I'm planting as much seed. Listen, my wife and I, we go through our closets. We, man, we, we just do whatever we can to give to people. I go to churches. I just want to leave behind you know, a $30,000 sound system for them. I just want to bless their socks off. You know, there, there's pockets. You know, I don't, I don't know if you knew this, but French Quebec is the most unevangelized region of North America. Of 6 million people, 0.01% are even born again. And of the 0.01%, less than 1% of that 1% are even baptized in the Holy Spirit. It is the darkest corridor of North America. It's French Quebec. And there's been certain churches that have been touched by revival. But they're not big enough to even rent out a facility or even have large meetings. And so what we've done is we've divided Quebec into 10 regions. And we have a desire to go into one of those regions once a month, bring the churches together. We already did one region already. We were in Elmer, Quebec. Right at the, remember that big ice storm that hit up there? I was there. Folks, I mean, I've never seen anything like it before. Like a hurricane came through. Every tree knocked down. I've never seen anything like it before. We were there in Elmer, Quebec. Rented out a, a large hotel. Glory to God. Saw over 300 people get saved in one night. Man, demons coming out of people. It's incredible what's happening in Quebec right now. That's where that woman was raised from the dead. God's doing something in the French-speaking world. Because if we can reach Quebec, God show me missionaries will come out of Quebec and they'll go into France and, and, and Central Africa. Most unevangelized region of Europe is France. We had Catholic priests come in the meetings. Just blown away. Awesome. Hallelujah. So my heart, I would love to go into places, you know. And see the glory fall. And leave behind a sound system, some buses and stuff. I'm not at that place yet, but I want to be. Doesn't your heart yearn? You just, you just want to write a big check to somebody, but it's not there? And you're saying, God, where is it? Well, he's been testing us all these years. Come on now. And so I just prayed tonight, you catch this message. Make the adjustments. Get off AM into FM. Hallelujah. Make the adjustments. And you will. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the Lord told me tonight, driving here, he says, some people will not catch this unless they break through the ice in their minds. It's like this. You know, it's like you're, it's springtime in, in, in Montreal, and you're on the river, you know, and the trees are budding, but there's still thick ice on the river, and everybody's out there ice skating. And the ice is beginning to thin out, but it's still skatable. And you look down, and you can see the river underneath the ice. You can see the bubbles caught underneath the ice. And the Lord says, just kick the ice. Just kick it. Just kick it. You just kick it, and eventually, you fall in. That's what the Lord wants you to do, some of you people do in your minds tonight. Kick it. And you'll fall in. Leviticus 25, verse 9. 
You shall sound the shofar or ram's horn abroad on the tenth day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement, you shall sound the horn throughout your land. You shall thus consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim a release, liberty throughout the land. It shall be a jubilee for you. Did you know this is the scripture written on the Liberty Bell? If you go to Philadelphia, we took 60 people from church when at 20, degree, 20 degrees below zero last winter and went to the Liberty Bell, Constitution Hall, and the Lord told us to blow the shofar. We blew the shofar. We were falling out totally drunk, folks. It's like we had an insulation layer of, of hot warmth to keep us from getting frostbite. It was so cold. Just drunk. Just totally out of it. 12 o'clock at night. And we walked up, you know, and put our you know, noses up against the glass, you know, and, you know, checks and balances in the government and this and that. Give me a break. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with spiritual liberty. But there is no liberty and freedom, democracy, unless there's spiritual freedom. And that's why the Liberty Bell cracked down the middle because our country's moved away from its roots. We're going back. And the Lord said, blow the shofar now, son. So we blew the shofar, and the glory fell. And I would be in the laugh so hard. And, he went, and the Lord showed me there's coming a wave, not of judgment. Listen to me. There's not coming a wave of judgment, as some will preach. There's coming a wave of such joy and jubilee in the land. Hallelujah. Father, I delivered what you want me to share tonight with your people. Lord, this is not about money. This is not about money. This is not about money. This is about giving you praise. This is about not just meeting your people's needs, but being taking over the welfare system. Hallelujah. We thank you for it. There's been a powerful phenomena happen. When I studied the year of Jubilee, I said, Lord, why don't you heal people's wallets? And this revival has been doing that. But we would go, you know, to churches, and I studied this, and I did it by faith, totally by faith. I would blow the shofar, but it's the same word for Jubilee is the same word for trumpet in the Bible. Hello, you out there? Yaval Jubilee in Hebrew is the same word for trumpet. So the trumpet begins with, the jubilee begins with the sounding of the shofar. Israel happens to be experiencing their first jubilee in modern history right now. We're in the 50th year right now. Jesus is the jubilee. Hallelujah. For some reason, there seems to be a tremendous activity of angels going out and getting people debt free. What we're seeing is people that couldn't sell homes. We'd blow the shofar and homes would sell right away. Churches would pay off mortgages. The first, <clears throat> the first thing that um, I stood in front of Brother Rick's church, the first time I got this, two years ago, the Lord said, stand in front of his church and blow the shofar. The next Sunday was the largest one-time gift they ever got in the history of their church. Rick Wilson in, in Dover, Florida. And, and they took that and revamped their children's department with it. I was like, whoa. We started going to places in Canada and blowing the shofar, and churches started, people started getting into buildings. It's incredible. I never seen anything like it before.
And, you know, and, and like this one little girl, she, she didn't have a job, nothing. And she ran up and she just dumped her whatever, you know, coin she had in the offering. The next day, she got an incredible job. And we're seeing this wherever we go. Hallelujah. I can't explain it to you, folks. But I believe the Lord wants to pay off this building. Build that recreation area. Get things rolling. Amen? Hallelujah. I just kind of wait for the anointing to get stronger. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you. You know, Jubilee has to do with real estate. How many people would like to live in a home instead of an apartment? You know, God wants you to have your own property that you can praise Him on, your own fig tree. God doesn't want you to have your neighbors hitting the ceiling because you're praising God in some apartment. Don't you feel constrained in an apartment but you can't worship like you want to? You know, God wants to drop creative ideas in your hearts for businesses. Young people, there's a lot of young people here. You know, the, the next job sector coming up is service-orientated businesses. Service-orientated business. Don't look for some pie-in-the-sky job, you know, designing computer programming. Listen, folks, service-orientated. Why? Because Jesus said the greatest among you shall be your servant. Look how you provide a service that nobody else wants to provide. And watch it multiply. Oh! <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. See, I want you to know my heart. I'm not doing this for an offering tonight. I mean, we're going to receive an offering for our ministry in a moment, okay? I'm not doing that for the... Please hear my heart. I want you to hear my heart. There is an anointing here. Just receive it, folks. Self-service. I mean, there's such an anointing here. We'll just let it soak in. Praise God. 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 You just need to make a decision tonight that when the Lord brings in the money to pay off all your credit cards, that you're going to curb that appetite which keeps on getting you back in debt with those credit cards. It's not the problem. If he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. <laughs> if he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Father, we just ask, Lord, Show us our hearts tonight, Lord. Show us our hearts tonight, Father. Any stress fractures, Father. You can do it, Father. You've done it throughout history. Hallelujah.
It's about stewardship, Father. Lord, we ask you to forgive us tonight for just not being wise stewards of our finances. <clears throat> so we can now effectively enter into Jubilee and be a blessing to others. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus, we love you. Father, you put in my heart, Lord, to blow the shofar for this building to be paid off. Hallelujah. Because this church will need more staff <laughs> for the harvest coming in. Jesus. Lord, there's businessmen here that need to get freed up from babysitting that business and let it run by itself and so they can do more ministry. Hallelujah. Listen, folks, if you say, well, this is, I don't, you know, come on, this is too spiritual. Give me a break. If you're freed up financially, you can spend more time with your kids. Mom can stay home and raise the kids. You can spend more time with your kids. Come on now. Don't you desire that? Are you out there? Don't you desire to spend more time with your kids? But you have the feeling you get up in the morning and goes, off, it's, I go, I go, off the work I go, I owe, I owe, it's off to work I go. Just repent tonight for that little check you had when you, when you bought something on MasterCard. You didn't need to, but you did it anyway. Oh, I, I can handle that payment. And three years later, you're still paying for it. God, forgive us. Forgive us. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know my heart now. I've told you everything about me. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Don't you hate those religious tactics? There's a hundred people here that can give a thousand dollars. There's twenty-five people who can give five hundred. Give me a break. Man. Just let the glory come, you know. You just want to give, you know. Praise the Lord. You say, what are you waiting for? Well, I'm just waiting for the Holy Ghost to get stronger, that's all. We need some musicians, I guess, what we need. Praise the Lord. Pastor, you want to say anything? <laughs> just make sure. Just want to make sure. Lord, we just want to praise you more. We just want to praise you more. We can get more people praising you by giving to people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Papa. Hallelujah. I tell you what I'm waiting for. For the Holy Ghost to get stronger so we can really rejoice even more. Look at this. Look at the Lord as your shepherd you should not want. Everything from now until you leave the planet has already been met. The Lord is your shepherd you should not want. It's taken care of, folks, from now until you leave this planet. It's already done. 
I'm just obeying the Holy Ghost. He told me to teach on this tonight. I thought I was going to come and just have, you know, we're going to do something different. This is the Lord, man. Hallelujah. How many people here unemployed looking for a job? Are you willing to take an entry-level position somewhere? Hallelujah. You can own the thing in five years. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you this is not just a wishful thinking, Lord. I thank you that wherever we've gone, Lord, you've confirmed your word with signs following. Lord, I thank you for the reports we shall hear in the days ahead of the great victories financially for people. Hallelujah. We thank you for the victories that already happened here already, Father God. We thank you for this superabundance of jubilee breaking out for every person. In Jesus' name. It's begun. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 We praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
thank you for being a part of Rivers in the Desert International, listening to our message today to you. Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says, if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, they would be saved. The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful promise. You're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening. Go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says, if anybody would call upon your name, they'd be saved. I'm calling today, Lord. Save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Take all of my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, I'm coming running home to you now. In your name I pray. Amen. Shalom, friends. This is Scott Holtz with Rivers in the Desert. If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America. Our ministry phone number is 770-777-0143. Of course, you can reach us anytime, 24-7, at our website contact page at www flashfloods.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. We are here to help equip you to be tactical warriors in this hour, to wake up this church, to win and disciple lost souls, and to take out terrorism of all forms. God bless you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Shalom, shalom.